the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. It's kind of a... Some days I sit in for CFP Chad Virgin on New Focus on Wealth, and those are really good days for me to focus on financial planning issues that, that blend with the headline news. I'm very different than what a CFP does. I focus on macro trends. I focus on the economics of the data releases leases, uh, that are important, most important to me, obviously, labor. I pay a lot of attention to the little details, per se, um, of the market and the economy. And I try to blend that in for you. For instance, yesterday, big day, seven dead in a New York building collapse. Why is that a big day? Uh, Ion car crash deaths uh, excluded. How many people, when did GM know, what was the depth of knowledge of their problems? They clearly waited more than two weeks to expand a major recall to include Saturn Ion even though the engineers were aware of four fatalities and crashes involving the model. One engineer had tested putting in a different ignition switch, and it worked. So this is a scenario where it can create a buying opportunity. How can I compare that to something you grasp? Toyota, they had the Fukushima uh, nuclear power plant problems, and their stock went down. BP had a oil slick problem in the Gulf. Their stock went down. ExxonMobil years ago had the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Their stock went down. Created buying opportunities for big blue chip type names. Am I telling you to take advantage of a tragedy? I'm telling you that GM's going to survive this. And what will hurt them is parents today will be a little less likely to put their kids in a new GM. GM Saturns, when they came out, they were, you know, pretty affordable cars, and the, the sticker was the sticker. There was no negotiating. Uh, people felt like that was the right way of doing business. Yesterday, or last night, South by Southwest, drunk driver plows into a crowd at 2.30 in the morning, killing at least two and hurting at least 13 plus. Now, yeah, yeah, a little insensitive, but that's what morning radio is about, keep you on your toes. So, all of these to tell you, like a New York City collapse, a city building collapsing. Someone had called the gas company 15 minutes prior to the collapse. People died. Seven people dead. That night they went to bed thinking, I'm going to probably go to work tomorrow. I'm going to raise my kids tomorrow. I'm going to continue my education tomorrow. And that's why you have life insurance. For worst case scenarios, of course, in a gas explosion type scenario, there's probably going to be some liability that helps cover lot lack of life insurance. But how about for the people at the South by Southwest show? Uh, I think it was like a, not a show. It was a street venue that was closed off. It was acting as a club at 2.30 in the morning. Can you imagine being wounded to the point that you can't return to your job? That's why you need disability insurance. Um, 
so I'll take from the headlines, and we'll try to use them in financial angles, and some of them, I'll be quite honest with you, they're not very attractive. And that kind of stinks being me because I get painted as, didn't he just say you should buy GM shares if the stock goes down on the deaths of people in an ignition switch recall? I didn't say that. But people will hear what they want to hear. I'll tell you, I think in every single story in media, you can find an angle that will improve your investing ability. I will talk about some of the hardcore data out there. For instance, Apple is dominating mobile e-commerce payments, and we've heard about e-commerce plays. We've heard Carl Icahn go at eBay and say, you've got to spin off PayPal, there's too much value there. That's not being realized by shareholders. Google have, has tried a wallet before. We've heard about Target's data breach. Target's data breach wouldn't have happened if people were making transactions on their phone. Are people making transactions on their phone? Yeah. Nearly um, 11-plus million people are doing it at Starbucks on a regular basis. Nearly 60% of all visits on mobile phones come from Apple. 60% of all visits on mobile phones come from Apple. Android has a healthy market share of just 40%. Nearly one in three online shopping transactions is done on mobile. Desktop shopping is essentially in decline. But mobile shopping's on the up. Mobile's probably phone and tablets, but sometimes there's a little bit of a blurred line between some of these categories. Um, when it comes to tablets, Apple's iPad is the dominant provider of tab- traffic to retailers. 87%, Kindle Fire 2%, Android 10%. Android users spend a little more than iPhone customers when they shop via mobile, but Apple customers are much bigger spenders when it comes to shopping via the iPad. So mobile phones, we all seem to get the same kind of things. $125 spent on via phones, $135 via Android, $106 via uh, Windows phones. But Apple customers spend much bigger when they're using their iPad, $155 versus Kindle's $120 versus Android's $109. It's telling you something that Apple really has a high-end consumer, right, using their products. They're willing to pay the premium price for an iPad. The percentage of people who actually buy something after landing on a retail site is universally low. But the conversion rate for Apple is particularly high. So conversion rates on phones to the iPhone, 1.09%. On the Android, 9 tenths of a percent. On Windows, 7 tenths of a percent. But when you jump to the tablets again versus the phones, Apple's three times higher than Kindle. Apple's twice as high as Android. So e-commerce is very much so already out there. And at the early stages of it, Apple's really running away with the show. Again, is this something that you should uh, take to the bank? No. It's showing you that it's another leg of the stool in the growth story. Today, Amazon.com came out with their Prime membership. It's going to be hiked from $79 a year to $99 a year. And again, mobile commerce. With Prime, it's really tough to know what you're paying for and what you're not. How many packages do you ship to yourself a year? I probably do 30 to 40 free shipping. So to me, that's an $80, maybe $120 value. The fact that it comes faster is where the value comes in. But you also get TV shows, and you also get movies. Not as robust as Netflix, but it's not bad. You know, sometimes one has a better offering than the other. So that's worthy of note. But Amazon Prime is also going to be... Well, no, wait, wait, let me say this. The shares are up on the news that they're raising their membership hikes. It's the first hike in nine years, and you can hardly blame them. Your gas prices are higher in the last nine years. Shipping costs are higher in the last nine years. 
Uh, Amazon, interestingly enough, has got a business relationship that's it's, it's fun to watch. If you compare them, relate them to like a Walmart, they're the two biggest shoppers. Walmart pays people 10 bucks an hour to stand around their stores. Amazon pays people to stand around, to work around their, their uh, distribution centers. A little bit different, right? So do you want to pay people to staff and stock your shelves, or do you want to pay people to deliver products? But Amazon is also interesting in the sense that they're going to probably be coming out with a music service later this year. And if they were to add that to Prime, would you suddenly say, I'll drop my Spotify, will I drop my Pandora, maybe I'll do the Pandora for free, maybe if I get a Kindle, I'll get the music service, if I listen to ads, if I get the Kindle Premium, I don't listen to ads. Amazon knows a lot about their customers. And we, we assume they have got about 20 million Prime memberships. So let's add $20 to $20 million, and $400 million is a lot to your bottom line. That's the story of Google. Grow revenues, grow revenues, incrementally charge more, it hits your bottom line. 800-516-1220. Rob Black, new focus on wealth for sure. Rob Black, your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. Stocks are higher. S&P reference with Sears. Hopefully, J.C. 1220 KDOW. So, a surprising family show on television. Family show meaning dads watches it with their kids, moms watches it with their kids kind of concept. I don't think I'm really shocking you here when I talk about this. The concept, Shark Tank... On Friday's episode, they're going to feature kids. And one of the kids invents, and I don't know who really invented it, was his, her parents or was it him, her, a Band-Aid that doesn't have tape. So it's just goo. It's goo-goo-boo or something, boo-boo, boo-boo-goo. And when I saw it, I was like, uh-oh, that's honey-boo-boo. You know, that's my first fear. But I love the concept of let's getting kids start thinking about outside-the-box angles. I had a college professor who said, if you start in left field, I will start you with an A. If you have a concept that sounds different than everyone else's, I'll start you with an A, and I'll take off points for spelling, grammar, or what have you. But if you start with what we talked about in class on a paper, I'm going to start you with a C, and you're going to really have to win me over. I always appreciated that concept, and I've maintained it as one of my mantras, start in left field. I think it helps in life to trust your instinct. I think it it hurts in life to regurgitate. So, Shark Tank on Friday is going to have an episode with Kid Inventors. Will it be the most entertaining for me? Probably not. I watched Justified last night, kind of a PG-13 television show. Loved it. Uh, Well-written. Critically acclaimed. Shark Tank, it's not, the critical acclaim is that it's, it's fun to watch and, and kind of, you know, pull for the shark or not pull for the shark and pull for the person who's presenting or not pull for the person who's presenting. But I think that's one of the best lessons you can learn because the Zuckerbergs of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, while they're in college, they basically say, here's an idea and I've got to stop. I don't necessarily need my degree. I have to stop and do this. Um, you can make a lot of money coming from a lot of field, you can make a lot of money reinventing the wheel. I'm not saying you can't. 
But it's a lot easier to come from left field and, and solve a problem than it is to solve a problem that's already been solved. And I think that goes with work, too. So some of the other top stories of the day, and again, maybe watch Shark Tank with your kids. You know, maybe give it a try. Or maybe you play board games, maybe you play card games. So retail sales in the United States, they increased for the first time in three months. Now, for the last three months, we've been talking about, brr, it's cold. But brr, it's cold means people are like, you know, and if you haven't lived on the East Coast, cold is cold. When it's, you know, 15 degrees and, and snowy and icy and windy, it, it's tough to escape that. So you bundle up and stay inside. If you do go to a car dealership to look for a car, you park a car and you run as fast as you can inside. So it's all about kind of like staying warm, right? So the retail sales numbers was a positive this today. On top of it, consumer confidence rose last week, the second highest level since August as Americans grew up more upbeat about the economy and the buying climate. So retail positive, consumer comfort and consumer confidence positive. Better employment prospects with the first-time unemployment jobless claims today and with the jobs report on Friday, first Friday of each month. We see a reduced pace of firings. We've seen an increase in hiring. It's not a robust increase. We'd like to see 200 to 400,000 jobs added, not 100. But it is, you can't say that it's not increasing. You could say it's on the cold side for sure. It's not warm enough to your liking, but that's okay. We're at 2% GDP. We're not a 3% GDP nation right now. 3%, it's easy to make money hand over fist in the stock market. Because economies are robust. Corporations have been very leery of capital expenditures. Capital expenditures are going to increase. And when capital expenditures increase, what's going to hurt capital expenditure? CapEx, that's when you build up your infrastructure um, internally. So if you're a semiconductor equipment company or if you're a semiconductor uh, manufacturing company, maybe buy some new semiconductor equipment to manufacture semiconductors. So that hurts profit margins, but it also creates productivity down the road. It's kind of a cycle, uh, capitalism is, and it's lovely. So if you're a salesperson, radio station, TV station, software company, you've probably seen an improving economy, and hopefully you can take advantage of it. Other big stories of note today that I think have some play. Americans, they spend $56 billion on their pets. Now, that's an all-time high of $55.7 billion in 2013. It's going to be closer to, I'm sorry, 55.7, so roughly $56 billion. It's going to be $60 billion this year. And there are plays on pets. There's pet retailers in particular. There's companies like Pfizer who makes, you know, vet products. There's a publicly traded company with ticker symbol WOOF. That's VNC and VCA Antec. Now, what's interesting about VCA Antec is they're a veterinarian, and if you've ever been to a vet, it, it probably angers you a little bit. You love your animal, but then you're like, man... Why are they putting my, my dog to sleep to do, do their nails? And you're like, is that right? So VCA Antec's at a five-year high right now. It's gone from 20 bucks a share to $35 a share in the last five years. It doesn't have a dividend. It's, it is a veterinarian play, but it's also a play 
So it's a healthcare play, right? It's a healthcare play on things that we love, pets, which the millennials have been very slow to have children. Not all of them. Trust me, some of them are kicking out babies. But a lot of them. And their pets become their children. I know a friend who's 30 plus, three cats. I think anything over two cats and you start getting into that crazy cat person range. But VCA Antec, one thing that they're doing is they go out and acquire other veterinarian hospitals. And what's interesting to note about that is animal health care. Uh, you know, vets differ like golden clay. You've been to a good vet, right? Love the experience. He's minimal. He's knowledgeable. He's good with your pet. You've been to a bad vet before where it's like, that was a lot of tests to be conducted. A lot of tests, and did we need to do them all? And again, we'll pay anything to protect our animals. So do I think VCA Antec has another good five years left in it? I do. I don't think this trend goes away. It's got a $3 billion market cap in 2002, and I've been talking about it since 2000. It was a $7 stock. Now it's a $35 stock. Now at one point in time, it was a $45 stock. So this only works. We can clearly see this after a big crash or over a 5- and 10-year period. Does that make sense? It's going to be volatile. It's not going to be straight up. There's going to be big corrections. But it works over time. So it's a trend. Now, it's not always going to be falling in the place where you want it, and that's going to you know, get into your head, I'm sure. So yesterday, Candy Crush maker King filed for an IPO. And I took Candy Crush off my phone yesterday in honor of that. I don't know if one company with one product should have that much publicly traded value put on it. Hey, you can find me at robblack.com. I've got seminars coming up. You can find out more about them at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Let's take a little bit of a break here. 800-516-1220. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. I sit in for CFP, Chad Burton on New Focus on Wealth on a pretty regular basis. He's a CFP. I'm not. CFP is pretty grueling work. With that said, I'm very different. And no one should be taking advice, in my opinion, from a personal finance radio show, from a television show, from a website, from a newsletter. You should be working with seasoned, experienced investors who know you who know your circumstances. You know, I can flippantly say that I have a stock that I believe will double in the next 18 months. I'm fine with that. And it recently went down 5%, and I'm great with that. You might not be. One of the things I like to talk about are bull markets, bear markets. And if you're under the age of 50, you want a bear market. It's a weird concept, but it puts things on sale. If it's a bull market and nothing's on sale, everything is working higher. The bull market theory is the concept that we're moving higher. 
The bear market theory is the concept that we're moving lower on a trend. Is, let's just call it that. The market's been moving higher for five years, so we're saying it's a five-year-old bull market. Up 190% in that time, annualized compounded 25.3%. It's stunning. When you add in dividends, that five-year returns over 200%. How did you do in the last five years? Did you panic and sell during the bear market? Or did you use it to continue to accumulate wealth? So there's a lot of ways to play a bull market. And I thought I'd name just a couple of them here. In the last five years, Las Vegas Sands has done a 131% annualized return. It's up 6,200%. Apart from banks, there was nothing more dramatic than what befell casino tight in Las Vegas Sands. When the financial market seized up in 2008, basically banks and lending seized up. And in 2008, when the financial lending froze up, and there was a couple runs on banks where people wanted their cash because they thought the bank was going to go under, keep in mind it's FDIC insured or SIPC insured, up to certain limits, but people sometimes will park more than that in a bank, and they shouldn't. They should use somebody like Fidelity who works with 10 banks and park it in 10 different banks, if that's what you're really concerned about. Wall Street, at the time in 2008, feared that you know tourists weren't going to go to Vegas, and that, you know, they weren't going to be able to get money to finance their very expensive properties. Again, you finance a very expensive property and you get people to visit, <clears throat> and you're the house, you end up winning. So, <clears throat> Adelson, who runs the Las Vegas Sands, Sheldon Adelson, he's 80 years old. And I hope I have that energy at 80. He takes big risks. So look for opportunities of businesses that always make money in bad economies. How about an Atlas Energy? In the last five years, it's up 6,400%. Publicly traded uh, master limited partnership. It was dumped mercilessly when the commodities dumped in 2008. People didn't want anything to do with it. A couple years ago, people dumped natural gas. They didn't want anything to do with it. And then it turns around and becomes this huge winner. Now, total revenue for Atlas Business reached $2.6 billion, up from $1.5 billion in 2012, in large part because of acquisitions. It's an income-generating domestic energy play tied towards income. It's got a higher-than-average distribution yield of 4.6%. When the 10-year treasury sits at you know 2%, 1.6%, it's usually a buying opportunity when you look at things that are yielding more if you can find quality. A company like an American Axle, it's a cheap way to play the auto industry's global growth. You have to keep an eye on their debt level because to make things like axles, it takes capital. But it trades at a very low valuation. If you were to compare their PE to General Motors PE, and you could say, hey, look, I don't like General Motors because they have that legal issue. But they're still going to sell cars, as is Toyota, as is, I mean, we're all going to consume cars for a while. It'll be a while before we're in the hover car, so says analyst. But American Axle, it's not sexy, but it's up 134% on average each year for the last five years. It's up 6,600% in that time. They traded at a low valuation, then they traded at a low valuation now. Um, there's a company called CalAmp. They make really old telecom equipment. It's not sexy. 
But they've started to get into sexier areas for wireless telecom applications on monitoring machine-to-machine systems. Not a lot of competition here. So the shares briefly spiked in the 90s. The tech zenith in the early 2000s. The stock has been pretty consistent each year for the last five years. So, again, it's a way of playing into very non-sexy things. Like they supply some parts into the... You know, satellite TV dishes. And we're not exactly looking at satellite TV dishes and going, wow, that's so cutting edge. It's probably more cutting edge than you and I know, but you get the idea. So you're always looking for ideas and concepts and good economies and bad economies. You want the bad economy to help you get more of those good company concepts that you like. Another, you know, autoplay that's not a bit autoplay, it plays into everybody. It's Dana Holdings. Now, they had to restructure. They had some bad bets. They still have product that sells pretty well. It's up um, 10,000% in five years. So go put a dollar into it and you see yourself at $10,000. Go put a $10 and see yourself at 100000 Again, it's late for this play, but it shows you next time there's a really big route, some ideas that you may want to think about. They make equipment that go in big trucks and heavy equipment. You know, have you ever gone up to a like a forklift and gone, wow, that's kind of an interesting piece of metal? And when that piece of metal fails, they have to get it from somewhere, and it's not bigpiecesofmetal.com, or it's not, you know, Amazon's big pieces of metal shop. There's not a lot of options. And even if you play around with a tractor, small repairs are going to be expensive repairs. Here's a company that during the financial collapse, you know, the GMs and the Chryslers really hurt the car rental business. There's not a lot of players in the car rental business. If you've ever looked, they all have similar, they've all merged their names together. What you thought were like, Eight choices now are like three choices. Enterprise, Hertz, Davis all merged together. So those are the big three players. And everyone else merged with one of them or the other. So if you've looked at car rental rates, they're ridiculously high now. Now some markets are more high than others, but some markets, it's 150 bucks a day. And we were used to $27 a day and $30 a day, but because they've all consolidated, they have all raised prices. It's one of those areas where the Bush administration, the Obama administration, probably didn't see the side effects and probably saw there was plenty of competition and we could probably just use three players where eight players help the consumer, six players help the consumer, three players don't help the consumer. So I'm not saying that Avis will never have competition in their life, Avis Budget Group, but it's a solid name. Uh, still feels like a long-term bargain. You know, the industry is concentrated. Car rentals aren't going away. Whenever I travel, I rent a car, right? I know people that rent cars on on basic business trips. Anyway, um, there's some that, you know, did really well that I fear. You know, like, for instance, a stock that did really well during the last five-year bull market is Pier 1 Imports. I remember going into Pier 1 in malls when I was a youth. I didn't like the stores. 
you know, who needs a big papas on? Um, maybe, see, I, I, just, I can't get into it. To me, it's, I don't know, it's too much of a mall play. A lot of companies, you know, uh, priced accordingly when they got near zero. This was one that I could have seen failing. It didn't. So they've got nice inventory and aggressive pricing, but it's not for me. There's some biotech companies that I think people don't realize are just gutsy, gutsy speculation. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying know that your portfolio should be in index funds and exchange-traded funds and very few individual stocks. And when they are, know that if you have 10 stocks, a lot of them should be value. Some of them should be growth and income, growth and value. A couple at growth, but, you know, pure out gutsy speculation, are you going to come up with a cure for cancer or not? That's pretty crazy. In this case, there's a company called Carex Biopharmaceuticals, and they make a drug called Xenorax, or Xeranax. It's treatment for side effects of chronic kidney disease. And, you know, I could probably come up with a story angle that, you know, Americans drink and they rot their kidneys and, you know, dialysis and uh, liver issues. I, I could probably tie all together obesity and make a story for it. But when you're dealing with one company on hopes of one drug, it literally is a home run or a strikeout. Name how many strikeout hitters or name how many home run hitters who strike out a lot have won World Series. Not many is the answer. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. The script for the rest of the world to do QE. By six points. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Bringing a special guest, Marilyn Kawad from the street, talking a little retirement dilemma. Live life now or save for the future. How are you, Marilyn? Hi, Rob. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry that you had to sit through the last segment. A little technical issue on our part. Not a problem. But with that said, this is a, uh, our show is dedicated to getting people to retirement. So tell us about the article that you wrote for the street. Sure. Um, so we did this survey. It's um, a nationwide survey on, uh, on retirement. And what we found was that 85% of the respondents said that it's important to be prepared for the future by, uh, by sacrificing and saving today. And so we wondered if, if maybe um, there is such a thing as going overboard with retirement savings. If people, that many people are willing to sacrifice a lot um, for today, it, it would seem that, you know, if they could afford to go on vacation, buy their dream home, or, or maybe upgrade to a nicer car, many would choose to put more money toward their retirement, uh, retirement accounts instead. Um, so we, we, we did a story, and uh, we talked to a couple of experts uh, on retirement, asking if maybe we have become a culture that has become so obsessed with retirement, you know, and so worried about the future that, that we deny ourselves of the things that we should be enjoying right now. And, and it's interesting because the, the financial advisors naturally that we spoke to said, well, you know, for some people you really 
might need to sacrifice today if you're if you need to catch up on your retirement savings. But if you talk to some people who have done some research on this, you know, some people um, in um, the Urban Institute, for example, uh, Program of Retirement Policy, they said they did the study and they said that, you know, in general, Americans are actually saving enough for retirement. So I guess the bottom line, um, Rob, is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, you really should know whether or not Americans are saving enough for retirement or not, what is your personal situation? What's your plan? Do you have a plan? Um, and, and, and that's when you really know if, if you should be um, spending a little bit more on enjoyable things now or if you should, you know, maybe be putting more money towards your retirement savings. It's really not science as much as it is an art from uh-huh. the experience that I see. Um, I always tell people you need a million dollars to generate forty to $60,000 of income. So, have a good idea of what your budget is, and then you know, plan accordingly. If your budget's twenty thousand, at least have five hundred thousand. Make sure that you last till ninety-three years old. If longevity runs in your family or not, part of your story takes into account this too. You mentioned seventy percent of people over sixty-five will need long-term care, so you may get your budget in line, but you're not expecting the unexpected, so to speak. Right. There, there are so many other, um, you know, uh, factors to consider when, when you're uh, setting aside money for retirement. I mean, even if, if you think that you're, you already have enough saved, what about, you know, the um, escalating costs associated with long-term care? Um, you know, you, you can factor in all the things that you, you, you maybe have an idea of how much you will be spending when you retire, but you don't really know what medical expenses you might be faced with. So. You really have to know what, what number you're going to be comfortable with and what other things you can rely on in, in, in the future when, when the time comes. Other angles inside your story, do you feel comfortable that, again, there's kind of an angle that people are saving enough. There's also kind of an angle that people aren't saving kind of enough. Mm-hmm. Um, what would, advice would you give people to figure out where they are, gut check, and, again, maybe close to retirement, maybe earlier in your working career? Right. Um, so I would go with maybe the uh, the expert that we spoke to, um, Carrie schwab Act. She, she's the one that I quoted in the story, and it's very nice what she said. So if you start saving 10 to 15% of your income, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this a lot. Sure. Uh, in your 20s, if you started saving 10 to 15% of your income in your 20s, you should be in track for a comfortable retirement. People always say that. But if you're in your 40s and then you haven't even started a retirement account, then you know, you may you may really need to set aside up to 40% of your income um, now because um, you know that that's really not not a good way to start planning for your retirement. So now, if you're in that situation, saving that much could really lead you to make a lot of sacrifices today. But if you're in between, um, you know, maybe you don't really need to sacrifice too much. Maybe you have enough money to even help out with your children's education or spend on vacations. So it's really um, determining a good balance between what you're enjoying today and what you're putting aside for the future. One of the angles, I'm speaking with Marilyn Kawad from thestreet.com. You can find her article there. Um, it's tied towards retirement issues. But I love, it's a four-page article. It's, it's pretty thorough and it hits a lot of things. You said, you probably know this, but trust me, pounding in people's heads, it, it works over time. So don't stress the repetitive nature of simple financial advice, but um, the college fund versus retirement account. And mm-hmm. I'll get emails all the time of people, I just had a baby, I want to save for retirement. 
Oh, I want to save for their college, and I respond instantly, max out your 401k first, then consider saving for your kid's college. But I don't even think it's that important because you can get grants, you can get loans, you can find other ways. Right. And what most, and what most people can save for their kid's college is a fraction of the college cost now. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that's really an emotional issue, Rob. Um, for many parents, it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, emotionally, it varies. Some believe it's really the best gift that they could give their children. You know, as you said, they would sometimes take out loans. Um, borrow, some would even borrow from their retirement accounts to pay for college. But on the other hand, some parents believe that it is better to, to not be a burden on your children later in life, you know, having financial independence, taking care of your medical and long-term care bills. That's the best gift you could give your children. So, again, it's, it's a personal and it's a very, very personal and emotional issue that you have to decide what you're comfortable with. We've got about a minute left. Anything else that you want to mention from this article that we didn't hit upon? Um, no, it's, it's just that, you know, it's this, this, this dilemma that I think it's, it's very um, interesting to point out is that, um, you know, from the comments that we've been getting on the story, they say this is a really realistic um, article that, that people are, are really faced with this dilemma. And, um, you know, just, just to be comfortable with what, what you have, the best place to start is, is your own personal financial plan, whether you're looking for to um, a financial advisor or, you know, d- just doing your own research about your own savings, about your social security benefit, you know, you have to have a plan. You can't just be fearful of the future without even knowing of what you have um, or what you have saved for now. I like it. Thanks for joining us. Sorry for the delay on getting you on. It's Marilyn Kawad from thestreet.com. If anyone wants a link to the article, Drop me an email and I'll get it to you, or you can just go search for it at uh, thestreet.com. Her last name is C-A-W-A-D, if you want to search for it that way, Marilyn with an E. Let's take a break here. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Black.com. That's are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Some days I go heavy into market numbers, some days I don't. It's not that I'm trying to not give you information. It's that I'm trying to give you different information. I don't think you need to watch the stock market every single day, although I think it's fun. I'm going to talk a little bit on why you should pay off your mortgage early. I'm going to talk a little bit about why you shouldn't pay off your mortgage early this segment. Before I do, let's get some market numbers out there for the purists. The SP 500 is down 3, the Dow is down 36, the NASDAQ is down 10. Oh, my. I'm seeing a lot of red. We started the day off in green. 
took about an hour for us to revert. Some of the top stock stories, and again, stock stories are fun. Herbalife, it's a big nutritional supplement company, which I believe from the data that I've seen that there's a lot of evidence that nutritional supplements don't help much. Definitely, they don't help to the point of their cost. It would be so much easier for you to grab a, a box of blueberries than to take vitamins thinking you're getting the replacement of eating a box of blueberries. But Herbalife's shakes and things like that, um, they're going to be investigated by the FTC. Shares dropped 7.5% yesterday. They dropped 3.9% today. There seems to be a problem with, and again, you have to be careful not to say the word Ponzi scheme. Now, I just said it to show you that we can't say this is, but some people say it is. It's a damning thing to a company. It hurts aggressively. Um, to have that kind of, you know, you're bad for people, you know, reputation. There's a big Herbalife uh, fight going on between Ackman and shareholders. He thinks it is going to be brought down to zero because of an investigation onto whether or whether or not they're not a Ponzi scheme. So they're down 5% today. To me, that's a civil war. And I once saw an opera on the civil war, and I know you're saying, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That in it, they said, no one's a winner in war, the North and South. And, and it was kind of funny because you'd hear General Lee going, War is sorrowful, the most sorrowful of all. I know you're saying you should leave your day job and go into the opera. No. But I don't like civil wars. There's no winners. I don't like divorces. There's no winners. Something that you started to think was going to be the love of your life, and then it doesn't. I don't like it. William Sonoma shares up 7.6% today. They make kitchenware. They make home furnishing products. They beat expectations. William Sonoma is kind of unique. I like the wares that they make, whether it's beer steins or whether it's uh, you know cute little things for your kitchen. I like their stuff. Shares of plug power up 10% today. A fuel cell maker said... We're getting a lot of interest. And one analyst is saying um, their fiscal year 2014 orders have already exceeded $60 million. Um, some of their cohorts in crime or cohorts in Wall Street, Ballard Power and Fuel Cell, they make hydrogen fuel cells, which they sound too good to be true. They're not quite ready for prime time, but down the road will they be an option for electrical vehicles. Amazon.com up today. The online retailer said it's raising the annual price of its Prime membership to $99 from $79. And that could add, you know, easily $400 million to their bottom line. Just like that. Same thing's going to happen with Netflix. They're going to raise prices. Amazon's already moving higher on this idea of raising prices. What do you think Netflix is going to do when they announce a price hike? Should move higher, right? Yahoo! They announced a new partnership with Yelp, in which Yelp's listings and reviews will be included in search results. Um, Yahoo up on that story, Yelp down. It's tough to you know, assign anything other than that's a nice press release. Let's see if it adds to stickiness of Yahoo's websites and apps. Uh, loser Day, Dollar General, Family Dollar Store down 2.9%. Dollar General down 2.4%. Their sales rose to $4.49 billion, up from last year's $4.2 billion. They said the harsh weather in parts of its uh, country that it does business 
it resulted in a lot of days of the stores closed. So even if you're on the East Coast and it's 14 inches of snow and you decide, I'm going to venture out in the snow, you're shut out. They closed the stores. GE has filed an IPO for their retail finance unit in North America. It's going to be called Synchrony Financial. They do Walmart cards. They do Banana Republic cards, Gap cards. Um, and GE just wants to focus maybe on the industrial side of their business and less on the financial side. If you take a look at other credit cards out there, like a Capital One, there's examples of comps that you'll be able to compare Synchrony to and compare and kind of get an idea. Now, Visa's not a credit card company. or MasterCard's not a credit card company. They're a credit card transaction company, but they don't actually lend money. Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. Who doesn't like a little dough in a jacuzzi of grease? Like, seriously. Seriously. Their goods are so yummy delicious that I can go into a diabetic shock almost instantly from eating one of their donuts. Love it. My heart probably could clog on, you know, one bite out of the donut as well. Their share profit tripled in the fourth quarter. Here's a crazy statistic. One Krispy Kreme Donuts, one Dunkin' Donuts, I'm sorry, not Krispy Kreme. I made a mistake. One Dunkin' Donuts is open every day in the United States. One Five Guys Burgers opening every day in the United States. Twenty. Twenty Subways open every day in the United States. And that's why you saw companies like Togo's not make it. But even a bigger trend there that's not really talked about is the concept of franchising. It is alive and well in the United States. I said I was going to talk about mortgages this break. I'm going to wait till the third segment, so I'll talk about mortgages. Should you pay them off now, or should you pay them off slowly? I'm going to have both arguments for you at 33 past the hour. To get your calls in the air, we could use a call for the next segment. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 800-516-1220. It's 800 800- 516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You want to talk about the Candy Crush IPO. You want to talk about your portfolios. You want to talk about drawdown rates. You tell me. Um, I do enjoy the heck out of what I do. In large part, I get to not do the same thing every day. I get to read news. I get to see stories. I get to read analyst reports. I get to talk to corporations. You know, one of the pieces of economic data today that I think is very important, retail sales rose for the first time in three months, saying that we have broken that cold weather snap and that people are going out. Now, keep in mind, today in New York City, it's like zero degrees. So we've broken the cold weather snap, but we're not totally out of the cold weather snap or the cold weather. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. If you haven't figured out how my clock works, the first segment's long, the second segment's medium, the third segment's long, the fourth segment's medium. So that's why I get into the longer, grittier conversations in the longer segments. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Every stock that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, I'm right now seeing lower, like Zoo Lily, eBay, Tesla, AMC Movie Channels, um, Facebook, Apple up fractions, down fractions, United Airlines, TripAdvisor. So all the stocks that we talk about, the story stocks per se, are moving lower today. Don't forget to sign up for my event. I have an event coming up on the 10 Pillars of Retirement Planning, where I'm going to be discussing dividend stocks and how to find them and how to pick ones that you like. If you heard the third segment today of the first hour, I talked about 10 winners in an up stock market, ideas to look for and why they were big winners.
little bit different. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar and a little analysis coming up in Santa Clara on dividends. You can sign up for the event. It's a couple of Thursdays from now at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. A new accident in Albany in this Bay Area update brought to you by Garmin, westbound 80 before the Albany exit. But you- Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. See, six years as prices are revving up. I think if you're buying a new car, I think you're already saying that I'm not financially the smartest. So I'm going to start you with a C. A six-year loan, I'm going to drop you down to a D. A seven-year loan, and I think that decision is just a flat-out F. I think it's a mistake. Average cars, average amount financed by car company is now $27,430. Average monthly payment, $471. Keep in mind, to save for retirement in your 20s and 30s, all you need to do is like $200, $300 a month. Easy. $160 will get you where you need to go. So choosing almost a $500 car payment is ludicrous. 800-516-1220 coming up in the next segment. I'm going to be talking a little bit about whether to pay off your mortgage or whether to keep the mortgage. I tend to say service the debt when you're younger. Maybe get a little more aggressive on the debt when you get older, if you've saved for retirement. A lot of ifs and buts in there, so got to be kind of careful. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's a day where the market started higher. It has since moved lower. Um, We're within 1% of all-time highs on the S&P 500, so it's really tough to call this a weak market. It's just digesting a lot of news right now. The S&P 500 is down 3, the Dow is down 40, the Nasdaq down 11. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton, he joins me on a regular basis, talk financial planning issues with me. How does a CFP approach estate planning? Obviously, estate planning, give me a real brief sentence of what it means. Well, estate planning is, to if you become incapacitated, who's going to handle your affairs for you while you're alive? And then once you die, how do we distribute assets the way you want it, your charities, your kids, the least amount of probate costs, the least amount of taxes possible. The the issue with the CFP, the way that we approach it, is attorneys tend to uh, deal with what the asset values are now. Okay. We'll project it way out into the future so that we know, based on normal life expectancies, here's what we're dealing with in terms of real estate values, retirement account values, stocks, bonds, and so that you can really truly deal with what it is. Because... I've seen people that are worth $3.5 million at age 40, but the way that they're spending their money, yeah. they're they're dead broke by the time they're 80. So they, they spend all this money on these expensive estate planning documents where they're really projected to be poor in the future. It's fascinating to say that because you're age 43.5 million. That sounds great. It's kind of like NFL football players yeah. yep. where they come out and by age 25, 30, they've got millions and millions, but they spend like they've got millions and millions. And yeah. That income stops and the outflow goes on and you know what happens. So once it's done, once people have you know started figuring out estate planning, um, what do we need to know about that approach to estate planning and then you know executing it into a trust per se? Well, first of all, it's really important right now that people take a new look at their trust, even if they've done it in the last two years, because 
the end of 2012 laws were changed significantly. The amount you could leave to your heirs changed. And now most people's trust force the funding of what's called a bypass trust at the first spouse's death. You don't have to have that anymore because the first person that dies, their amount can port over to the surviving spouse, and which is, which is really, really great. The problem is, is that what if you pass away early and your half of the community property goes to your surviving spouse, then that surviving spouse remarries, right? And then all of a sudden, instead of your kids being named as beneficiaries, somebody else's kids or somebody else's family ends up with the money. So it's very, you've got to redo that because that bypass trust, you might, uh, I think Michelle Lerman calls it a Q-tipable bypass trust. Q-tip is a a term that we, we don't need to get into, but it's really a protection trust that you can still port that over but and have assets available to your surviving spouse but your half of your community property goes where you want it to go hmm. you know at, at, at your death so it's very important that people redo their trust right. um, and then while you're doing that the thing is is that the attorney might give you the trust but you have to redo your beneficiary designations so your retirement accounts might name your spouse's primary and then a trust contingent You've got to make sure that the trust that you have has the right language for retirement accounts called conduit or see-through language. If you want to leave money to charity and you want to do it, the best way to do it is with retirement accounts because the charities never pay taxes on that money. Okay. What I like to do is separate. If you want to leave 100000 to your church, then we put that into a separate IRA, that 100000 and name the church as the beneficiary so it doesn't screw up the the other beneficiaries in terms of being able to defer the taxes over their lifetime in an inherited IRA. Let me get into things like charitable planning and leaving a legacy, really going into the hopes and, and dreams of, of how you want to have your money work for you after you die. What is a charitable trust? It's, it's a, basically, it's a way that you can take a, a low basis asset that you want to sell and get income from. You put it into the trust, you get a tax deduction. You don't pay the, the capital gains tax currently at all. You get a tax deduction instead. You get lifetime income. And then when you pass, whatever's left over in the trust goes to your favorite charity. And there's no estate taxes on that money. So Uncle Sam gets cut out of the picture, and you use some of that income to fund another irrevocable life insurance trust that buys insurance on you so that your kids get that same amount tax-free. Everybody wins except Uncle Sam in that one. So if people are, you know, have charitable intent and low basis stock, what um, it's, so, it's such a great planning tool. What happens if you fund a charitable trust and then the stock market tanks? And whatever you gave them, like let's say XYZ stock goes from 500 to 5. Mm-hmm. Is there a ramification? Um, there's no ramification. It's just that it, you typically you you get a percentage of the income, so five or six percent. Mm-hmm. And so if it, it tanks, you're going to get a lower income from it, unless you have some sort of a. Um, there there are ways to get guaranteed income out of them. Um, some of the alternative products that we've talked about before, but usually your charitable trusts are going to be um, very balanced portfolios. You know, not a ton of risk. Because you're gonna, you're really gonna want the income, and you want to have money left over for your heirs. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton. He does a show here on the station from one to two p.m. If you want to get a podcast of this show, you can find that at newfocusfinancial.com. Newfocusfinancial.com. I highly endorse. I highly recommend. His knowledge base is totally different than mine. That's why we work well together. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Next segment, I'm going to talk a lot about mortgages, paying them off, not paying them off, who it makes sense for, who it doesn't make sense for. But coming up Thursday, March 27th, going to be in Santa Clara, 630 to 9. Going to be talking about dividends, 
achieving stocks. They're typically blue-chip names or close to blue-chip names. I talked about this a little bit um, on some auto plays in the last hour at 33 past. I'm going to be doing it at an event coming up in Santa Clara. It's going to be the Santa Clara Marriott. It's a 10 pillars of retirement income planning. And for my angle on it, CFP Chad Burton will do his angle on tax-efficient investing, Social Security, ideas, outliving your savings. I'm going to be focusing mine on the dividend achievers that you can add to your portfolio now so that they start paying you a little bit of income along the way. So the markets are lower. I don't think there's a negative play. Um, It's not like, oh, no, we saw horrible retail numbers today. We saw good retail numbers. SP 500 is down 5, Dow is down 67, NASDAQ down 17. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So let's talk about that 800-pound gorilla, the mortgage. For those of you who are renting, this may not be the most interesting video. Clear advantages of paying off a mortgage are obvious. You pay less interest. You save 15%, but you lose the ability to earn 40%. So earning money versus saving money is an interesting angle. The urgency to pay it off is somewhat diminished with the incredibly low cost of interest rates. You can't borrow money as cheaply for a car as you can for a house. You can't borrow money on a credit card as cheaply as you can as you can for a house. So it's not black and white, and a lot of us think of it as, you know, Dad, granddad lost his farm. Granddad lost his farm. i got to pay off the house. And they don't call mortgages. Back when granddad lost his farm, they did. So bad economy got made worse when the banks basically were trying to seize assets. So it's no longer black and white. When interest rates are at 8, 9, 10, 11%, absolutely pay those guys off. But when interest rates are 2, 3, 4, 5%, depending on which product you're getting, I say service it. But first and foremost, before you ever consider paying off a mortgage, you have to look at your credit cards and anything that you have, uh, plastic, paid off. You're probably paying somewhere between 13 and 25%. You're probably paying something for a mortgage like 4%. So before you ever consider the mortgage, you have to consider the credit cards. You want to build up for retirement is another reason. If you're making the maximum amount that you can put aside for retirement, whether it be $17,500 or 22500 whatever it is, 15% of your salary, once you have that maxed out and you have extra money and your mortgage is at 4%, paying off early is like getting 4% savings. So it's like adding to your growth. It's on the conservative side. But there is a positive to it. Now, the downside is is that, yes, you may get, you may lose that 4%, but inflation average is 2 to 4%. So anything that you put into the house, you're actually losing money on or breaking even. 
So a lot of equity in your home sounds like a good idea, but in reality, it's an inefficient asset. It tends to underperform the dollars, the purchasing power, over a 10, 20, 30-year period. Another reason to consider paying off your mortgage is you're older. Your income is, is starting to change as you get older. In your 50s, you, you know, you may not have that ability to pay the mortgage when you're in your 60s. A lot of people get married in their 30s or 40s. They buy a house in their 40s. And they do the math, and they don't really pay it off until their 70s, but they want to retire when they're 62-ish. So, you know, it is important to get rid of, you know, big-ticket items in retirement so that you can figure out your budget. Um, that's, the you know, the positives. That's why you would want to pay off a mortgage. Again, I tend not to recommend it if you're young or you have a low interest rate. Before you max out your 401k, your 403b, your 457, I think it's a mistake. So you need to be very, very careful. I like big mortgages. I can't lie. I like big mortgages. It's incredibly cheap cost of money, and it's it's big money. So paying off your mortgage doesn't mean your house goes up in value or not. It doesn't mean a thing. Paying off a mortgage won't stop you from building equity in the house. So it will gain value or not. Again, it won't penalize you for paying it off, but it certainly doesn't necessarily mean it'll help you. So you put a big down payment on, again, part of your house already is going to underperform inflation. Um, when you start losing deductions from your taxable income, one of the biggest perks on a mortgage, you may want to consider paying it off. A mortgage is cheap money. It's the cheapest money you'll ever be able to borrow. Can you imagine getting credit card for 3% credit card debt? You repay it, you get a better credit score. The more confident the lender is that you'll, they'll get their money back, the more lower the cost they'll give you the money. Mortgage interest is tax deductible. Tax deductible. Mortgage interest or carrying a mortgage is tax favorable. So those are very two different terms, tax deductible, the mortgage interest, tax deductible, but mortgage interest is also tax favorable. So with mortgage interest, you get a savings on your taxable income. So your total cost, if it's like 6% and you're lowering your tax bracket by 1%, that may add another 5% or 4% to the value of that mortgage because you deduct the mortgage interest from your taxable income. So you owe the IRS less. So when your home goes up in value, the capital gains tax um, is interesting to note. So you want to try to keep it, you want to try to sell your house with that $500,000 exclusion for two people because after that it starts kicking up into higher capital gains taxes. And depending on your income, it could be a size 23.8%. But it's set right now at 20%. Your taxable income is probably 28%. I think mortgage payments get easier over time. That's one reason I love them. Right now, you're making $10 an hour. In the future, you'll be making 11 In the future, 12 In the future, 13 future, 14 Right now, you have a baby and you've got to put diapers on them. It goes to school. If it's public school, you're not paying for it. It's already in your taxes. There's, you know, it graduates, goes to college then, like, you don't have those costs. 
mortgages allow you to sell without selling. Again, I try to keep the total capital gain in my home manageable, and I'll take money out and I'll invest in another property. So, and let's say I have a million dollar property, I take $500,000 out. I basically just sold it for 500000 I keep half of it myself. And then I put that $500,000 into a new property. And so I have two properties instead of one property. So mortgages allow you to sell without selling. And I like that. And again, you may, not be, able, you may be able to get top dollar now. You may not be able to get top dollar in the future. Mortgages allow you to invest more money and to invest it more quickly. People get big mortgages on the first time because they don't want to take it. They don't have a choice. You're excited about buying a house. You are almost giddy. So mortgages allow you to invest more money. You're paying yourself rent, which I think is the most powerful wealth accumulation effect of a mortgage. So would you rather invest $250,000 right now at a one-time only deposit or $1,600 a month for 30 years? So if you buy a million-dollar home, you're basically saying, in 30 years, I'm going to own a million-dollar piece of property. So you're investing slowly, but you don't have that big million-dollar down on your asset. It's a very odd concept that when you buy a $500,000 home, you're saying, I'm going to start saving every month towards owning a $500,000 home. I'm going to send it what's called a mortgage payment. It's an automatic way of doing it. Every month when I turned 18, I started putting $166 into a mutual fund. I was religious about it. I was fastidious about it. I was, you know, there was no way I would eat groceries until at least I invest 166 bucks. I think mortgages give you liquidity, and I think they give you flexibility. Um, a lot of people want to get rid of that mortgage, and I understand. I think you're wrong. More often than not. So I think if you pay less and not pay more, you're able to save more. Again, you lose that ability to save interest, but you also earn the ability to get higher returns historically than what real estate has provided. Historically, stocks have averaged 9.6% plus dividends. Uh, a little bit less than that. The... Bond markets average six percent, the real estate market five percent. And keep in mind this real estate market in theory does well, if the economy does well, if the economy does well, corporate America set up as capitalism, they push a lot at their bottom line. With that bottom line angle, Wall Street does well. So historically, stocks have almost doubled the performance of bonds. And again, there was a study recently in the New York Times, if anyone wants a copy of it, that if you bought a home in San Francisco, L.A., New York, or Chicago, 40 years ago, and the same deposit that you put down and the same monthly payment that you put into a home, into the stock market versus into the real estate market, into those five gorgeous real estate markets, you actually ended up with more money in the stock market by 400%. I'm sorry, that's over 30 years. So an even shorter term. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. We talk about home heating costs surging this winter. Here is something I don't like to see. Because when people 
pay a lot for their oil and gas, natural heating, they don't necessarily, they, it means they're not saving, right? Is it really that simple? Well, if your heating bill goes from $200 a month to $300 a month, yeah, it is that simple. You have an extra $100 that you're not consuming food with or restaurants with or whatever it is that just fancies your bones. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We have a down day on the markets. That's okay. Starting the day, we were 1% from our all-time highs. 1863 on the Dow, 16,279 on the um, Dow, I'm sorry, 1863 on the SP 500, 4309 on the NASDAQ. Down about a third of 1%. Big event coming up in Santa Clara. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. The show is Rob Black and your money. I really appreciate the effort it takes to listen to a financial business show. Don't think that that's lost on me. The headlines today, winter heating bills hit home hard. I hinted at that a little bit in the last break, and basically we're paying more for energy. 54% higher this winter than last year. That's a big hit. More car loans have exceeded six years as prices rev up. We're spending way too much money on new cars that depreciate way too fast. Foreclosures hit the lowest level since 2006. That's nice to see. You never really want to hear that someone bought a house and now is being kicked out of it. woman who cuts my hair, her and her three boys, and you know, they bought a home in American Canyon. That's tough. Because in the Bay Area, it's nice to be near the Facebooks. It's nice to be near the Cisco's and the Intel's and the Microsoft's. And, well, maybe not the Microsoft's, but you get the idea. You don't really, really, really want to be 45 miles from them. You want to be five miles from them. Retail sales in the United States increased for the first time in three months. Amazon raising the price of their prime subscription service to $99. That could add roughly $400 million straight to their bottom line. And again, maybe more. They, have to, they, they know more about you and me. They know how many movies you've watched, how many movies you've bought. They know books gave away DVDs, DVDs gave away songs, songs gave away to question mark. So Amazon.com, I think, uh, probably doing a very smart move. Average 30-year mortgage hits 4.37%. Average for a 15-year mortgage, 3.3%. Increase was driven by speculation uh, that the Federal Reserve would reduce its $85 billion bond purchase. So mortgage rates have risen a full percentage point since hitting record lows roughly a year ago. The FAA is projecting more growth and more people flying more miles. What's interesting to note about that is there's also going to be more plane accidents. Because any time that you kick up the number of people flying, you kick up the number of flights. And we all know car wrecks happen three per 10,000. You know, there's statistics for everything. So you're going to hear more about lost planes. You're going to hear more about turbulence. 
number of annual passengers are going to grow eight tenths of a percent in 2014, hitting 745 million. At the same time, the amount of miles that passengers pay to fly will rise an average 2.8 percent. Healthy growth projected for travel. Um, I think you can make a case for some airline stocks when the market gives you an opportunity, not when they're at all-time highs. GE files for an IPO of their retail financial arm. Now, you know GE's North American Retail Financial Credit. Uh, if you look at your credit card, you know, like I've got a Banana Republic card, boom. It's got GE all over it. So, um, so to spin that off, they're selling a, a unit to better capitalize some of their standalone businesses. They're right-sizing the company. They're unlocking some value that has growth in it. Uh, smart of GE. Their profit for this financial arm was $1.9 billion this year, down from the $2.1 billion in 2012. People are becoming a little more responsible with their credit cards. Google's into a weird stock split. Two-for-one stock split. They're going to create a Class C share of uh, shares. It could include both Class A and Class C shares, meaning the SP will now have 501 stocks in it that represent 500 companies. It's odd. It's not crazy, but it's odd. It's a little financial engineering. Americans spent $56 billion on pets this year. It's going to be $60 billion. So that number continues to march higher. If you don't think that's serious money, you're wrong. San Francisco, the Mint, is going to produce its first ever curved coin. They're going to produce an unusual coin tied towards the nation's favorite pastime, which is... Drinking? No. Uh, baseball. It's going to be a bowl-shaped currency. It's the result of a 2012 law, the National Baseball Hall of Fame commemorative coin. Treasury's going to manufacture the coin to commemorate the Hall of Fame, which celebrates its 75th anniversary this year. The coin's striking curved shape is intended to be similar to a 2009 International Year of Astronomy coin. The French Mint did. It's going to come in $5, $1, and half dollar denominations, and it's going to feature a baseball on one side and a baseball glove on the other. And I'm getting kind of jacked for baseball season. Love a good Saturday afternoon watching baseball and falling asleep. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Anything you want to disagree about, we can disagree about. That's all fine. And that's enough for the baseball music. The SP 500 down 7. You know the people that wrote that song never even saw a baseball game? That to me is weird. Uh, the SP 500 is down 7, the Dow is down 79, the NASDAQ is down 20. So we have that going. That it's uh, March has kind of come in kind of like a lamb and not like a lion. But for the year, we're having a pretty good year. We do need to get into earnings season. Uh, to kind of take our mind off the Ukraine and to take our mind off where exactly does, do we think, where exactly do we think China lands as far as their growth? Um, that's going to be something we pay attention to. If you want a copy of that article from thestreet.com that we discussed a little bit earlier, please feel free to give me a call. I'll send you a link to it. It's all about retirement dilemma. Are you saving enough or are you not? You should have goals in your life. How much you should have by 20? How much you should have by age 30? How much you should have by age 40? Age 50? If you want to see some ideas on that, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. And I'll send you out a list of where you should be. 
at various ages. Rob at robblack.com. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up in Santa Clara two Thursdays from now. So two weeks from today. It's in the evening. More information on the retirement and dividend event at robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.